April showers bring May flowers. Problem is, we're still in April, Ryan, and there's games that need to be played, and the schedule continues to change. This is the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC podcast, YMRL, Ryan Mitchell, and yeah, I, I mean, do we need to address any schedule changes right off the bat, Ryan? I mean, I'll ask you how you're doing as usual first, because I mean, I do care. Don't get me wrong, I care, but there's a lot going on right now. So, so how are you doing, and what in the world is going on with the schedule right now? Yeah, I'm doing well, all things considered. Can't complain. And we'll get into some specific details on scheduling, I think, throughout uh, this recording. But, I mean, first things first, Wyatt, I, I don't know if you know what I'm alluding to here, but, I mean, this this is kind of historic. we got to sit in this for a moment. I mean, this this is a big one right here. Do, do you know what I'm alluding to? There's, could, there could be many things that you're alluding to because, you the, know. The, the century mark. There's your hint. Oh, oh! Hey, no, you, I'm you not want, talking you about want... your brother now, like we did before. <laughs> I, I, you're, you're losing me here. The farther, the more, the more you speak, the more confused I am. So, what, what do you got for this podcast, Wyatt? Oh, the yeah, century I, mark. I knew this is episode 100. <laughs> I was just looking too, and I saw we had 99 record. It is so. Congratulations, congratulations Wyatt! Congratulations. That, congratulations to you too. We did it, man. We got to a hundred. How about that? So yeah, I uh, got to be honest. I didn't know that we would get here necessarily when we first started this. It just kind of started out as, oh, let's just see how it goes. We'll see what we do the first year or whatnot. If people are interested and sure enough, I mean, people seem to love it and it took off and here we are in our second year and up to a hundred. I mean, everyone Better than the last two. It's been great. It's been a lot of fun to do this and to 100 more. Am I right? Yeah, that's the hope that each one is better than the last. As you like to say, changing our best. Uh, I, I don't know if necessarily each one is exactly better than the last one, but hey, I, we're, we're at least trying to do that. And yeah, here's here's to 100 more over uh, 11,000 downloads. And yeah, it's uh, it's been a ride. And uh, I'll stop getting sentimental because uh, we, we still got multiple recordings before we're uh, done with this season. So yeah, I, I just wanted to, to lay that out there and make sure you know, Wyatt, that uh, you should be patting yourself on the back. I can't see you right now, but take your offhand and uh, give yourself a pat. Uh, well done, Wyatt. Congratulations. Hey, like the late Kobe Bryant said, job's not done. Job's not finished, Ryan. Mm. No patting ourselves on the back. We got work to do. Let's... Amen. And that, that's what the Wild are saying in the locker room right now out in Big D. I, I hope so. Job's not done. I hope so. Let's get game two. Timberwolves. We'll see. I mean, I, I'm not I holding out any hope. Nope. Well, nope. I, I want to see I'm them win still. I mean, it's not that I don't care, but I'm just, it's not going to happen. They're not beating the Nuggets in a seven-game series. So my attention's on the Wild, but I still hope the best for Good. them. I, I can't even say that much. They're just mildly interested in the background. I, yeah, I, I won't go any further on that. There's a reason why we like D3 and college hoops so much. It's because I can't really stand the NBA playoffs for a lot of reasons. So anyway, <laughs> we're talking baseball, though, Wyatt. We're talking baseball. We are, and I mentioned schedule changes. We'll wait and get into those once we start to preview this upcoming week because, I mean, it's just a mess again. Uh, I mean, I mentioned off the mic, Ryan, we're getting one to three inches of snow up here tomorrow in Crookston and I guess over near Duluth they're getting like a foot potentially so it's just remarkable what the weather is doing this year and uh, it's been a mess but there were games that were played and we got to sort these out and get through some of these results because 
Really? Right now, Ryan, there's four teams for the most part that are making their case, and you could argue maybe a fifth and a sixth that are kind of in the background for this playoff push right now. Two of those teams are Superior and Morris, who squared off and had the opportunity to play a three-game series, and apparently you alluded that they were playing at a unique site for these games. So let's start with that one. That was one of the biggest, if not the biggest, series of this past weekend, and I'm just going to come straight out and say it. I didn't expect Morris to do what they did, and I'm sure you didn't either. Extremely, extremely impressed with the Cougars and the way they won these games. To, to score 21 runs in that doubleheader to win the first two of this series, remarkable against that pitching staff. To me, that's what stands out. And two close wins, they just, they're finding ways to get it done. So hats off to them. Superior comes back, they win that third game on a complete game performance from Matt Tappy and a game that they quite honestly needed after dropping those two. So Morris actually ends up taking this series. What were your thoughts on this one? I don't know if you want to go to a specific game. What what are you thinking after seeing Morris take two out of three in this one? Yeah, highly, highly impressive from the Cougars wide, and we've said it a number of times in the past chunk of weeks. Okay, there are signs that are pointing towards they could compete for a tournament spot. They may be right on the verge of that number four slash five conversation can they slide into the umac conference tournament maybe get up to a three but let's go back to what we talked about in the first episode that we recorded this baseball season when we said how are they going to do it Wyatt? we did not say it's going to be on the backs of great pitching and winning five two you know four one ball games it's going to be their offense is going to have to carry them and they will get enough pitching and i think that is a prime example of what happened this past weekend And you don't have to look any further than what happened in game number one, who you and I have said, and so many people around the league, rumor has it, are already etching his name into the hardware for UMAC Pitcher of the Year. You go up against Ryan Rodriguez, and it's a neutral site, and the weather is, you know, not the most ideal as they're playing out in Collegeville at Haugen Field uh, at St. John's. And I'm totally Ron White, actually. When this series started, it was gorgeous Friday. Was it nice Friday? Uh, up north in Crookston? Can't even remember. The days blend together <laughs> at this point. We've had the weirdest weather cycle like the last couple of weeks. So um, it wasn't it wasn't raining or snowing. I know that. I think it was cloudy and, and, you know, 40s maybe, something like that. So not too bad. So it was really, really nice up in the Twin Cities. And in this box score, it says it was uh, in the 70s at first pitch for this one. But, uh, I mean, we'll get to Northwestern in a second. But first pitch for the game I was at Friday was 83. The next day I called a game, and the first pitch temperature was 44. So, again, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that one in a moment. That basically sums it up. But weather was not an excuse for this one, basically is what I'm saying, Wyatt. And they didn't totally, you know, beat up Ryan Rodriguez, if you will. But eight hits over six innings. He lets up four runs, two of them being earned. But the key is, Wyatt, you get him out of the game after six innings. Yeah. And then you say, we can really go to work on this bullpen. We're chomping at the bit to do just that. And they did that and got enough down the stretch to win a slugfest, I guess, if you want to call it that. And again, Wyatt, they did it in a game late against, uh, I'm blanking on it now. Wasn't it Bethany Lutheran where, where Morris won in the ninth inning and had that big deficit? You remember what what we talked about a few weeks ago? Yeah, it was. They had the game the game winning run come across. They were down five, and they ended yeah. up winning. And I think they actually just got one uh, as of yesterday when we're recording this against Crown. They came from behind and won that game as well. Maybe not as quite as stunning a fashion, but 
They they're the cardiac kids. They just keep coming back. Yeah, what what a week for Morris. I even forgot about that one for a moment. We'll get to the crown one here, but you know, in a game against the Jackets ace, you could argue the best pitcher in the conference like I said, they're losing this game 9 to 7 going into the bottom of the ninth. And they come up with 3-1, 3 runs, excuse me, to get the walk-off win. And now that's huge, and we said that it was going to be an uphill climb in the series, but you know, they got 25 minutes to get a quick PB&J, banana and rehydrate and then you're back out there once again. And it's yet another slugfest, Wyatt. And this time, they're trying to hang on for dear life. They're up 11-5 to after 7. And then just as you drew it up, Wyatt, coming in to close the game, to shut the door and save the bacon, is Alex Bauman on the bump. I, you, you can't make this up in the fashion that they won two ball games against Morris, excuse me, against Superior. I'm talking about Morris. Game number two, they're slow out of the gates. It's four rip Superior because your guy, Daniel Garcia from the left side, hits a grand slam. You're immediately in a 4 nothing hole. They climb their, themselves back, build a lead, almost blow it, and then just barely hang on. I don't think they will ever forget playing in Collegeville, Minnesota. I mean, just the circumstances for one, that Superior is playing Minnesota Morris at St. John's University because of all the weather shenanigans and just crossing our fingers that we can somehow, in any uh, region portion of the upper Midwest, find a field that's playable, get on some turf, get a couple ball games in. They not only play those games, they win two of them in dramatic fashion to get themselves in the thick of the conversation and really... Honestly, Wyatt, raise a lot of eyebrows across the league. I mean, we said they could be in the conversation, but when you win two back-to-back in the fashion that they did it against Superior, a job well done. And then you mentioned what the Jackets were able to do in the Sunday game. That one was hosted at Reynolds Field on the Northwestern campus just to make things all the more interesting. Saturday's game, my apologies. This was last Saturday, not Sunday. Matt Tappy, you gave him a shout-out. Yeah, he deserves it just to get one game in this series for Morris. Um for superior, I should say, I'm really uh, stumbling. You're, you keep mixing recording. those. You keep mixing those two this teams specifically <laughs> up. I'm not. I'm not sure why it's those two specifically, but you're right. He, he had a great performance. Pitcher of the week with that performance, and deserving, yeah. deservingly so. And, and on a day, Wyatt, that it was really tough to pitch because the game before them that happened at Reynolds Field, we'll talk about in a moment. But the pitchers did not look like they're having a lot of fun out there, and I don't blame them. I mean, standing <laughs> no. up above, I could barely, you know, feel my feet, and it's constantly sprinkling and raining, and you don't have a good grip on the baseball. I mean, to do what Tappy does, not walk a single guy, seven punchies, and going a complete game effort to win a ball game in which. You really needed it after your pitching staff gave up double digits twice the day before. Job well done. And it doesn't stop there. The week for Superior, and that's the advantage, I guess, Wyatt, uh, on recording a little later on in the week. I did it again. The week for Morris. I was talking about Superior. The week for Morris is what I'm talking about. Does anything majorly stick out to you, as I'll stop rambling along here, for what they did in St. Bonnie at Missile Park, because you take two out of three from Superior, okay, that's really good. But you stay on the road, and you go up against a crown club that's also really, really dangerous. To pick up three out of four against those two clubs, I mean, pull out the impressive meter, Wyatt, scale of one to ten. Uh, wh- what are we looking at? Eight? 8.7? 9.3? A ten? I, for what Morris did, what would you rate that as? So just to be clear, since you've said the two teams so many times, Morris, right? Morris? <laughs> Morris. All right. Morris. All right. Just, just, no, I'm just giving you a hard time. 
And yeah. you know me, right? I don't really give out 10s, but if they would have won all four, it would have been a 10. I, I did not expect them to have the success that they have. And again, it's getting wins coming from behind. It's just, it's incredible what they're able to do. They never really panic. They just have this way about them where they're able to find a way to get it done. And they did it again against Crown to get that win and have positioned themselves very nicely to make a run, not only to make the conference tournament, but Ryan, look at the standings. They're seven and three in conference play. They, they're, they're tied for second place. Superior, I guess, eight and three is technically a half game up on them and Bethany. And then Crown's, you know, lurking at six and three. It, it's just remarkable what Morris has done this year. They're the story of the UMAC this year when it comes to baseball. So hats off to them and what they've been able to do. Excited to see what they're going to be able to do moving forward. Doesn't get easier. That series that they're going to have coming up that we'll preview against Northwestern is going to determine the fate of what the playoffs are going to look like here, in my opinion, coming up in a few weeks. So that's going to be a dandy to preview. But speaking of Northwestern, they're watching that unfold or taking a look at that while they're playing their games. And since, you know, you, you alluded to it already and it kind of ties together, I want to jump to that one next. They took on Bethany and we knew it was a monster series for Northwestern. I think we even said it's probably more important for them than it was for Bethany. But with that being said, the Vikings swept the Eagles on a scale of, since you pulled it out on me, I'm going to throw it back to you, from 1 to 10, how disappointing is that for Northwestern, especially mm. with the way the games unfolded? Because you also kind of mentioned how the games played out, and Northwestern maybe had a chance to take one or two in this series, and they end up losing all three. Yeah, I like you throwing it back at me, Wyatt. On a disappointment scale, I'm going to go with an 8 for Northwestern and really the only reason it isn't higher and above a nine and close to a 10 is because they were right there especially on Friday I guess you could say that's what makes it hurt even more I mean if you just got absolutely clobbered in all three ball games and were never in it down the stretch in the final three innings but you know they were there it doesn't do anything for you they're not looking for moral victories but they were right there on Friday and it didn't go their way. And, you know, we talk about teams who are knocking on the door, threatening to kick the door in. I mean, Northwestern went to being Wyatt very comfortably in the room, their feet up on the recliner to now they're getting ushered out and they're saying, it's not a Minnesota goodbye. Like you got to go. And they're, yeah. they're still lurking in the hallway outside of the door. They're not totally out of the complex yet, but right now they're not welcome in the home. Are, so they got to earn them, earn themselves are, back inside. Are you like secretly talking about some like relative right now or something that always comes to the family gatherings and you, you think they're gone and you got rid of them. And next thing you know, they're lurking in the hallway the Minnesota goodbye you just you can't get rid of them I mean is this about something else I don't have a specific relative in mind but that would seem to make more sense but yeah you and I know what the Minnesota goodbye is about we most do. of our listeners know about that as well and yeah some people are just more pesky Wyatt and you want to be nice about it and not really be heavy-handed but sometimes it's like you know what listen I got the house already it's a late night I got an early day tomorrow you've been here for six and a half hours you've been well fed what what else do I got to do it's been great to see you but he's got to go troubles of hosting that's why you got to get somebody else to host that's the key that's fair yeah no I mean back to Northwestern yeah we're gonna get to previewing the matchup against Morris but like you mentioned I mean that has so many storylines to it it is thick with headlines when we look into this weekend's matchup between the Cougars and the Eagles and Wyatt Northwestern was so close from getting at least one if not two games on Friday and I gotta say you know before I talk any more about the Eagles 
man, is it refreshing to see so many left-handers and southpaws. I mean, this is the most, you know, random factoid of the day, and it probably means absolutely nothing. But I would like to know, and again, this is where we need the uh, research team for the pod behind the scenes. When is the last time we've had this many southpaws on the bump available and left-handers in the batter's box for one team? They're just left and right for Bethany. I'm like, Coach Craig and his assistants, were you guys specifically recruiting a bunch of lefties? Because, you know, in game number one, we see Connor Merton start the series. Super impressed by him, by the way, Wyatt. The uh, senior Aussie, you know, doing a really good job, and he could not work any faster. I mean, we've seen Northwestern pitchers over the years work really, really fast. You know, you think of a guy like Ormai. I mean, Merton isn't far away. I mean, he gets the ball, and he just keeps on going. And then you see the underclassmen. What he did for them in game number two as well, and Gavin Jacobson, that's quite the tandem. And then you come back the next day with Brody Curtis and a guy that isn't too shabby either, a senior out of Belt Plain, and you know he didn't have maybe his best stuff against Northwestern, but he was more effective than the opposition. We'll maybe get to that game in a moment. But you got those guys, and then you got all of the left-handed options that they have up and down the lineup. I'm thinking like, you know, is this bothering Northwestern to another level? I mean, it's a different look than you see from almost anyone else in the league. And then the few right-handers they have, I mean, you got guys like Liam Peterson who are driving balls over the fence in left center and hitting a massive triple down the line against Bryce Crabb late in the game or multiple times. Bryce is one pitch away in game number two with the Eagles up by one run to get them back into the dugout and say, hey, we're going to be put in a position where we can put up more runs, try to build a little cushion. I'm trying to think if that was in the sixth or seventh inning in uh, Friday's game number two, which, you know, isn't the most important thing, I guess. But you know why all that is to say, Bethany came up with the clutchest of clutch hits when they really needed to do so. Late in ball games, in game number one and game number two. And they have way more guys to go to when you look over the span of a weekend that they trust, starters and bullpen included. Their their pitching staff is just deeper. And they got underclassmen out of the bullpen who I was blown away with how good they were in pressure spots against Northwestern with guys on base. And I, I'm sorry, but it's the reality. Northwestern's throwing out guys, especially later on in game number two, Friday night, and then especially in game number three on Saturday when Sam Samansky's taken out before they would have liked him to. You got guys who have never been in close to that spot and who are throwing innings where you just have no idea what you're going to get from them because you can't expect much from them if a freshman or sophomore who's hardly ever been in that spot. We talked about it coming into the series, Wyatt. What role will a guy like Nick Drinken play? And we saw it pan out on Friday. I mean, game one on Friday, it didn't go the Eagles' way. But, you know, if you just remove yourself and say, as a baseball fan, exceptional game. Okay, Northwestern did not get everything they would have liked to from Aaron Severson, who was really good the weekend before against Crown. And give Bethany credit for that. They were able to get to him and knock him out after five innings of play. But Nick gave the Eagles everything you could ask for and more. Got some traffic on the base pass, worked around it, limited the damage, went three innings and let up just one run. So you get to a point in Northwestern where you are in the game and you're trying to do everything you can from a pitching standpoint. You're tied after six innings. You erase a 6-2 to two deficit. It's been a team that has been really hard-pressed to find power, like you said, throughout the season, Wyatt. They get a home run from the freshman Ben Hickson to cut it to three, and then you got Gilbert Garcia Jr. with a huge two-run bomb to tie it at six. But you just can't find a way to finish. 
and I'll shut up here by asking you, Wyatt, is that just purely the difference between a Bethany team that you've liked so much all season long because you've said they got experience. You look up and down the lineup. Peterson, Hopper, Verdugo, Russell, Pouncey, Pierce, guys who have been there before. They've seen the bright lights. Multiple times they haven't succeeded, but that's going to pay dividends years down the road when you're facing younger teams like a Northwestern. Is that purely the difference for a Bethany club this season to say, hey, we got guys to lean on in this spot, and we're going to trust they're going to come through in the clutch moment? I'd say it's the experience. I would say it's the depth from the pitching that you had mentioned and the confidence they have in so many different guys. And it also goes back, they got some power at the plate as well. That's something that I think is lacking in all three areas at times for Northwestern this year. And Bethany is just a better version of that. They're playing good baseball. They've really been playing good baseball all year, I would say. If you look at what Bethany's been able to do, they just ran into a really good superior team. And then Morris is a lot better than we initially thought they were when they took a game from Bethany. So... Yeah, I, I like what I see about this Vikings team, and I think they're just going to continue to get better as we hit this home stretch. For for them, it, it does come down to their pitching. And as crazy as that sounds, because that's what it comes down for everybody, I mean, it's not a shock to anybody, it, it, it's just so true with them because you've got guys like Merton, uh, Jacobson, and Curtis. Those are your three guys that you can start and rotate. You're going to feel pretty good about that, but... Then you got guys you can bring out of the bullpen too. They get into a conference tournament, they're going to have a lot of different options where they can play things differently than a lot of teams can. And I think that'll serve them well. They got the experience, like you said. They made another statement this weekend, and they're going to be a really tough team to deal with down the road. As far as Northwestern goes, you mentioned this a little bit off the air. I don't know if you maybe brought it up here recently when you went through your discussion there, but power is a little bit of a concern at times they've started to hit a couple of home runs home runs excuse me here or there but overall they're not really doing much at the plate and driving the ball deep to the outfield it's kind of station to station and they left a lot of guys on base because of that so you got to find a way to get guys in and if you're not able to do it through power you better get creative and find another way to score because it's lacking for northwestern and the pitching staff, which has you know, been good at times, and then other times there's been more to be desired, it just it can't be all left on them. Yeah, it's a great point, Wyatt. I mean, there's so little margin for error. And if you have a guy like Aaron Severson facing a really good Bethany lineup and you look at what he did the weekend before against Crown where he almost pitches a complete game effort, you know, he goes back out there wanting to do something similar, but that's kind of unrealistic to ask of him, okay? When he can only get through five, I mean, you know, the reality is Northwestern coaches are looking at each other just saying, all right, how do we get through these next four innings? And we got some tough decisions to make. And I don't blame them for doing what they did, Wyatt. I think they pushed all their chips into the middle of the table and they said, we're going to totally put our best arms out there in this spot, knowing as soon as Nick goes into his second inning of work and then completes three innings, he's probably going to be shot for the rest of this weekend. But we got a close game in game number one. And we got a guy like Bryce that we're still going to pitch later on this weekend, hoping he can go deep. We're going to go for it here. I mean, I would ask you that, Wyatt. Do you think Northwestern made the right moves in that game as far as the pitching standpoint when Aaron can't get deep into the game? You throw your best relief arm and you say we're going to give him as long of leash as we can and he's going to throw as much as he can knowing he's not close to 100%. And we're going to say we're going to do everything possible 
as far as a decision-making standpoint to say, we have to get this game number one? I mean, do you think that was well, the right call to make? I, I mean, yes and no. Uh, it's the first game. you got multiple games coming up. Here's the deal. You do that, you better get the win because you're, you're like you said, putting all your chips on the table. This was not a series Northwestern could really afford to get swept in, and, and they did. That's exactly what happened. So if you know you have two more games coming up, and you're maybe a little concerned about what you're going to do exactly with arms. I don't know if you can necessarily support putting it all on the table for just the one game. And obviously it didn't work out the way they wanted it to losing that game. And it kind of showed the rest of the weekend, you know, Bethany scoring 12, 11 runs, just kind of doing whatever they want at the plate. It's just, it's a problem. Pitching's a problem right now for Northwestern. And I, I don't know. I mean, this is uncharted territory for a lot of those guys. Remember Ryan, we're at the point now where the last two years they've won the regular season conference title, they've hosted the conference tournament, and now this year they're three and seven in conference play, and they're probably not going to make the conference tournament unless they go on a huge tear here in the back half of the conference season. So a uh, little bit of uncharted water right now for the Eagles, and they better figure it out quick. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like I said, they were comfortable, and now they've uh, kind of been not totally kicked to the curb, but uh, they're lurking, and they're not so comfortable anymore now that they're not in the home. So, yeah, I mean, you could say it's a distant memory what's been the past, but it also wasn't too long ago. But, you know, they can't hang their heads. I mean, they got an opportunity this weekend, and we'll see what happens when we preview those games coming up. But, yeah, some soul-searching to do, and for Bethany, give them a lot of credit because I mentioned coming in, it's a squad that they've been close to in the past chunk of years and been right there but haven't been able to finish on, and especially their lineup has had difficulties with Eagle pitching. And, you know, they don't have, you know, the likes of Owen Borma and, you know, Sam Ludzak and other really good arms that the Eagles have had in the past to go to. But, you know, you even look at a guy like Bryce Crabb, able to get to him late and do a lot more than what the crown offense did. I got to give him credit. I mean, yeah. I've talked about the crown offense a lot on this pod, Wyatt. Bethany's every bit is good. And I, I didn't necessarily know that going into last weekend and getting to see him in person with my own two eyes and seeing that bats that they were able to work. And especially with guys on in crunch time, who comes up with the goods? And more often than not, they answered the bell for Bethany when, you know, the pressure was on and they uh, were able to do that on Friday. And then, you know, Saturday was never really close in that third ball game of the weekend series. Where do you want to go to next, Wyatt, as far as uh, this past weekend when we look at the results? Do you want to go out to Missile Park? I mean, first games of the season played out west in St. Bonnie. And it was interesting coming in, Wyatt. We said, you know, Northland, really hot, feeling good. But uh, Crown's a whole nother test. And uh, man, oh, man. Talking about offense, Wyatt, it was uh, it was in full effect. The launch sequence was uh, being punched down at Missile Park throughout the weekend. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure. Is there anywhere else we could go? Did Martin Luther and North Central play? I, I'm exactly. the there's no so, else, there's so I was going to say, I mean, go. well, of, course, of course we're going to go there then. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, as impressive as some teams were this weekend, is scoring 54 runs in three games the the most impressive thing in UMAC baseball the past few days? I mean, would you say that's that's kind of going to take the cake? I mean, what in the world? You have arguments for so many different things, I guess. I mean, you could say what Morris did and how they did it is just as impressive. But to put up 54 on anyone, I mean, I don't yeah. care who you're playing, in three games, uh, yeah, that's... 
that's team, quite the feat. Team ERA is going to take a beating there for Northland, <laughs> so that's gonna that's gonna be something that just can't get brought back down, unfortunately for them. But yeah, the bats came ready for Crown, and they sent a message that they're every bit as or every bit of a contender as anybody else is in this conference. And yeah, they're up to six and three. Like I mentioned, you got four teams who are the favorites to make the conference tournament right now, and they all have three losses. They could be seated anywhere from one through four. And again. Northwestern and uh, Northland are still lurking in the background, if you will, or as Ryan would say, they're creeping in the hallway. They won't get out of the house quite yet. They're still hanging around, maybe have an opportunity to slide in there. But Crown is the real deal offensively. We knew that. But pitching-wise, that's what it comes back to for me. And, you know, they had the one game they gave up, you know, 12 runs, but otherwise pretty good, all things considered. You give up six and one, you'd be more than happy with that, I think, if you're the Crown coaching staff, knowing the offense that you have. So, yeah, I, I'm really impressed with Crown. And, again, they, they got a chance to play two more as they actually took on Morris and then Martin Luther. So uh, this is a team that uh, I, I don't really know. Do, are they a real contender in your mind? Uh, to me, they are because it's so open this year. But can you make a case for Crown – winning the conference tournament as you could like a superior or a Bethany at this point? It's a great question, Wyatt. And I'll go back to what I said last week. I think it all starts with where their offense is at when we move into early May and go into the UMAC tournament. I mean, you point out a weekend like this and you say, all right, they're rounded into form. They're rearing and ready to go. And I don't want to minimize, you know, scoring over 50 runs. Like you said, that's an impressive feat to do what they did against Northland. And we questioned coming in, okay, is this a different Northland breed? Can they push some teams? And now, you know, one game was close in that 15-12 to 12 slugfest. But otherwise, I mean, you know, their, their pitching just had no shot. I mean, sorry to put it bluntly for Lumberjack fans, but, you know, that's the reality of it. That, that is worth something to win those three games. But I'm glad that you jumped ahead to what happened Tuesday where, you know, they, they beat Martin Luther pretty convincingly. That's not too much of a surprise. But to answer your question, Wyatt, are they legit? We look, you look at the Morris result. Okay, you're going up against a club that is more closely matched with your pitching. You still may be a little bit better with AVS at the top, even though you know I think you would ask him and he would say he wanted to do a lot more against Northland than what he was able to do so in that game. You know, is this something typical that we could see with Crown Wyatt? In a lot of situations, you score seven, eight runs, you should be able to win the ball game. But against a Morris club who's also really game offensively, and they got to you late where they were able to put up six runs after the fifth inning and win 9-7, to seven, that says so much more. You know, I don't want to say it's useless to other results, but we've talked about it so much in the past with them. Aiden can't get through five against Northland, and I don't know all the factors about it against Morris, you know, on short rest, if he was ever going to be able to go deeper into the contest but when you only get two and a third out of him and the control isn't totally dialed in and he walks four guys I mean the door's open against any teams in the top half white to say we're going to beat you and so we talked about it last week two weeks ago and the same thing rings true here when you get into a ball game then that's tied five five six six in the middle innings four four whatever it may be it's going to be who's got the better bullpen who's got more depth pitching wise you're not always going to be able to slug yourself to a win later on in the game, especially out of the bullpen. What options do you have? And that could be the big lurking problem around the corner, if you will, if you're crowned and trying to repeat this year. Do we have enough pitching? Because I think, honestly, when we get to later on this season into early May, we could look at it and say, yeah, the offense is just about every bit as good. 
but remember the guy, Wyatt, who really carried them over the finish line. Yeah, yeah they, they hit their lawn balls, and they were really good in winning two games on Saturday in that UMAC tournament last season, but it was the old man. Uh, he was the okay, one who carried okay, them, and he was the okay. difference. When you say that, it sounds like it's disrespectful to him. I'm not like, disrespected. Oh, so, I know that's you're not. why it, it was just, more it just, impressive. It just sounds that way, though. Is all I'm saying. When you you call him an old man, so we're big fans of Eric. Always they, will be. Absolutely, they don't have an Eric Newman this year. That's a hundred percent accurate. And yeah, I mean Morris, give him credit. They got to their bullpen. They got Volkspec out of this game and did what they needed to do. And that's going to be a major problem for Crown moving forward. They have to get more. Well, anybody does. Any team has to get more than two and a third innings from your starter, but Crown especially because they just don't have the guns coming out of the bullpen to consistently win a game for you. So any kind of a tournament setting, Ryan, I will say this. Crown's got the offense, whereas the tournament goes longer and longer. I understand the pitching gets to be a concern, but everybody starts to run out of pitching as you get deeper into a conference tournament. You don't got your number ones, your number twos necessarily, unless they're coming back on one or zero days rest, and then they're not the same anyway. So offense can sometimes win you a championship in a short period there where it's like a two, three day stretch. Now it doesn't do you very good in the NCAA tournament when you're going up against another number one from, you know, a really good conference or a nationally ranked team, but in a short setting in a conference tournament, that's what I think crown has working for them is that if they can get just enough out of their pitching staff, they could finesse their way back to another title this year because of how deadly that offense can be. That's accurate. That's a great point, Wyatt, because, I mean, we got to look at a lot of these things in terms of what is it going to be like over a three-day weekend, and, you know, hopefully it is that way and we have no weather shenanigans like we've had in the past, but especially when we're looking at teams like Crown, like a Bethany Superior Morris, where we're pretty sure they're going to be in it, that's the way we should be looking at it. So it's, it's good to keep that top of mind for sure. So, yeah, lots to chew on for teams like Crown and Morris who, you know, played in big games over the past weekend, and then they've also already played this week for some stuff that we can chew on. Is there anything else you want to get to, Wyatt, before we officially preview the uh, chunks of games, as I've been calling them, that hopefully will happen this weekend, but, you know, there's weather shenanigans and whatnot. I mean, we'll get creative with the scheduling once more and uh, hope some games get in. But are you ready for that portion of the conversation? I think so. I don't think there's anything we're missing or leaving out if people think there is, or if you want more from us or a different talking point, you can certainly email us, uaotheumac at gmail.com. We'll take suggestions. But overall, I think we hit everything that we needed to. So I'm ready if you are. And what is this schedule exactly? What am I supposed to be looking at right now as we look at what's to come this week? It's just, it's all over the place. Yeah, let's uh, try to decipher these hieroglyphics and figure out uh, exactly what's going on so i always list the four wyatt all right the four chunks yeah yeah yeah. so we got north central at crown martin luther at superior northwestern hosting morris in what was originally supposed to be played in morris we'll get to that in a moment and bethany at Northland, we believe, but, you know, for all we know, they could be playing in Timbuktu. So whoever I said at, I mean, that's all subject to change really this year. But those are the four chunks. So that being said, I will uh, let you have the honors on the tee box because you drive the golf ball better than I do anyway. Uh, where are we going first? What's the first series we will preview? 
I'm just going to go from how it's listed on the UMAC website. So at the top on Friday, it's Crown and North Central. So let's start with those two. And I'll let you pick this one first if you would like the honors. I'll go where, you know, I'll pick where we're going to go, but you pick first. Yeah, I think the biggest question with this, Wyatt, is, you know, when you go into the back corner of your garage and you got that one that's been sitting there forever and it's not the greatest broom, but it's what you use if you have to. And then you got that one that's like the really lawn push broom that can get a lot of dust up really quickly. It's just which one are you going to grab? Because you're going to need it by the end of the weekend. If wow, you catch wow. Okay, but do they put up 54 in three <laughs> games? That's um, what they're shooting say, for at this point. I'm going to say no. They will go north of 35, but they're not going to go north of 50 for the three games. I think it's going to be pretty close. I think it's, it's going to be really close if they want to. They can really stroke that ball, and uh, they're pretty special offensively. Yeah, North Central, I don't see them having much of a chance in this series it would take their best game of the season I mean they've competed with teams at times but crown especially after what they've done offensively I understand they dropped that game to Morris but the offense is still rolling they'll be rested up Uh, you don't want to face a rested up crown team I'll take crown to sweep you know I would say they can maybe go over 50 Wyatt but it's going to be cold in the cities ball doesn't travel as well I mean lots of teams had the advantage of playing last Friday gorgeous sunshine you know we go from putting on sunscreen and being totally comfortable in shorts and a t-shirt to bundled up the next day the ball doesn't fly as well when it's you know 43 feels like 37 and it's gusting at 12 to 15 out of the west it's harder to hit the ball so I, i think north central has that going for them if you will that's fair that's fair it's tougher to pitch at times too though not that we're gonna get into like a walk fest but yeah i i mean offense seems to travel anywhere so i don't know we'll see what happens this is my advice to people Wyatt. if you're watching umac baseball this weekend in the upper midwest and you're complaining about the weather just think oh this is what it's going to feel like though in that october where we're watching the twins play at target field and it's the best time of year and it's playoff baseball and we don't care about the weather because it's such a big spot let's let's put it so summer will get here but just imagine october we're not this team is not going anywhere if we keep if. doing what we did last night, I mean, when your last yep. two options out of the bullpen are Moran and Pagan, you know it's over. I mean, it's it's a lesser of we two evils. We can't and pull he that cho- game. You're right. Well, it was a lesser of two evils for Rocco to choose from in that spot if we wanted to bring in, and he still chose the wrong one. I, I, I would not have. So if you think they're making it to October, that's great, but uh, that's your business. Don't, don't drag me into that fantasy. The, I, I'm not buying the, it. <laughs> The division stinks, okay? I'm not well, saying what does, we're going to do but... in October, but we got a good path to get there. I will say, Duran did look really good. I mean, the movement on his pitch, he was dialed in. It, well, he Duran did his is, part. Duran is great, but if all of our relievers are only allowed to go no, one inning, Ryan, I mean, we're, I we're, we got a major problem. So anyways, like I said, if they make it to October, I'll say I'm sorry, but I don't see this team making the playoffs. Hot take. We'll uh, circle back on that maybe in a a future conversation. All right. We're both taking a crown and a sweep. Prove us wrong, North Central Bulletin Board material. With that being said, let's go down to the next one listed. Well, it's it's your honor. I was going to say, well, come on, come on. What are are we doing? I didn't say it. Go wherever you want. (laughs) I know what you were going to choose, though. And and since you did that. Pick a different one. No, I'm going to pick that one. I'm going to go Superior and Martin Luther. And, uh, you know, you're talking about brooms. 
and sweeps and whatnot. Oh. That's a little. Oh. That's a little old fashioned. I mean, you you got to get the <laughs> the blower out, the leaf blower, and that's how oh, you that's how you do okay. it these days, Ryan. But uh, this will be a sweep as well. I'll take Superior. They'll win all three. They'll hold serve at home, if you will. Well, are are these games in Superior? Because I I mentioned there's like a foot of snow up in that area. I, I'm pretty sure that part of like the state and into Wisconsin tomorrow so i don't even know if they're going to be able to play these games in superior so we'll see what happens i guess with that if they get the games in i'll take superior to sweep them yeah i don't know if ball's going to be happening at the uh, nbc spartan sports complex but uh hopefully they can find somewhere even if it's a few hour bus ride to get the games in i'll agree with you the jackets are going to be chomping at the bit rumor is they are uh, not happy about what happened this past weekend and they are eager beavers to get back out onto the field and uh make something happen trying to put up a sweep i say they will do it where to next sir morris is hosting northwestern this is the series of the weekend so we're gonna well, well, skip wait. they're not one. hosting they're not hosting northwestern though it's and wrong they're not. they were originally right. supposed to but it got moved yeah you're Holy right shit. it actually is going to be at bethel and then it'll be at northwestern but we're not going to do that one quite yet because that's going to be the one that we have the most talking points on i'm sure it's the biggest series in the conference by far uh this upcoming weekend we'll go to bethany and northland series and Northland, I, I don't know. I mean, do you think they're a little embarrassed with how that series went against Crown? Do you think they're trying to prove something here against a top-tier team now against Bethany? What do you think? Yeah, I would say a little bit. I don't think we have too many questions about their ability to use their axes, as we talked about a few weekends ago. I mean, they've been sharpened, and their offense is answering the bell, but they got to find some way to do something on the bump. Uh, they they got to just at least slow down the opposition a little bit. I mean, you're still going to have to win ball games because of your – lineup doing some damage but your pitching's got to keep your whole squad in the ball game I mean at least give your offense a chance I think that's the definition of what they're trying to do this weekend I think Bethany comes up with the sweep I mean super impressed with what they did against you know albeit a northwestern club that doesn't have the same depth that they do but I don't want to take anything away from what Bethany did especially on Friday of this past weekend you know, even though these games are on the road or wherever they're going to be played I think the Bethany offense travels and uh, it's going to be Northland, you know, if they could sign up Wyatt for all right, we're going to hold Bethany to six or seven runs in a few games. I think they take it in a heartbeat and say, all right, let's try to get to Jacobson or Martin or Curtis, whoever it may be, and find a way to get into Bethany's bullpen and see if we can win a game in the late innings. But there is nothing that I have seen in the past multiple weeks that would lead me to believe that Bethany is not going to come up with a sweep and I think we are seeing some more separation take place, Wyatt, this coming weekend across the UMAC. Uh, you used the word I wanted to use. It's separation, it's not really Saturday because there's a lot of you know games going on, but it's a separation weekend. It's the biggest separation we're going to see to date in this conference because I think Bethany sweeps them. So I've got Bethany, Crown, and Superior all picking up sweeps and starting to lock in their spots in the conference tournament in a few weeks because... They're all playing really well. And Bethany, like you said, there's nothing that points to them having too many issues with Northland. Again, they can score some runs, the Lumberjacks can, but at the same time, the pitching staff for Bethany is looking good and the bats have been rolling. It's not a team to mess with right now. I just have a tough time seeing Northland take a game from them. And at the very least, uh, Bethany's going to get two in this series, and I think they'll get all three. So I'll take the Vikings to sweep. And that sets us up with the series of the weekend then between Northwestern and Morris. So again, just so we're clear, they're going to play 
at Bethel on Saturday, and then they'll come back to Northwestern for a doubleheader Sunday, correct? That is the latest information that we have been able to read. And I'll just leave it there because it could good change. Way, I, I, I hope that stays the same. I, well, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that. That's a good way to put it, though, because we have no idea. It could change. Sadly, like that's just where we're at, unfortunately, with 2023 in this UMAC baseball season. But assuming that is the case, I'll ask you a question. If you're both these teams, do you throw your ace in that first game? Then the single on Saturday, or how do you approach that? Is it maybe more of a question for Northwestern since? You know, they're maybe a little bit concerned with their bullpen and their pitching staff, and it's a desperate series for them because at at the very least, they have to win two. And quite honestly, Ryan, they might have to sweep if we're just being honest with the way the standings are lined up right now. So if you're Northwestern, do you maybe try to play a little bit of chess here and maneuver that around against Morris, or or what do you do? It's it's a must-have series. How do you approach that from a pitching standpoint? Another great, great question. I try. Uh, I try. You're you're on your game for this one, Wyatt. In our 100th episode, you were trying to make it better than the last one. Uh, you know, we look at what Northwestern has done in the past few series. They wait to throw Bryce until game number three against Crown. They do the same thing against Bethany. But as you mentioned, you're desperate now. You're three and seven, and. A Morris club who's feeling really good about what they've been able to do over the past week is coming your way. I don't think you have that luxury anymore. I think you have to throw Bryce game one and say, we need this first game of the series, especially since it's the only game that's supposed to be taking place on Saturday before the double dip on Sunday. You can't hold back any punches. And this is the strongest right hook that you can throw with putting number 14 on the bump. So I don't think you have any choice but to do that if you're Northwestern because if you lose a tight game, but then you're saying again, well, well, we still got Bryce to throw. You know, that's what they were saying on Friday after losing game one to Bethany. Yeah, I mean, that's when you were more in the thick of the conversation. I don't think you can approach this the same way. And if you end up losing, you say, well, we put our best option out there and we went down swinging and now we'll try to pick up the pieces and try to get the next two games. But yeah, you cannot underestimate why I think the importance of the first game of this series for Northwestern mentally physically emotionally looking at the standings all of it you you got to find a way to go get it i mean would you agree or disagree with that just just like as far as game one who they pitch game one i yeah i probably would i think you put it on your best pitcher's shoulders too that way and basically i mean their best player too i mean you say it's on you go get us a win be the guy, be the leader. So, yeah, I like that idea. I like getting him an opportunity to get the series out on the right foot. I'm trying to think back, and I don't have their – actually, I do have their schedule pulled up. How about that? Let me look at their conference series this year. You lose game one against Superior in that series. You lose game one to Crown in that series. Uh, they had that that weird single game against North Central that they won, but it took extra innings. And then they lost to Bethany, and they got swept. So, obviously, they lost the first game in that series as well. They just got to win game one of a series, Ryan, and get off to a good foot. They're putting themselves in holes. So, I like the idea of throwing Bryce Crabbe in game one and hopefully getting a win in that spot if you're an Eagles fan. And then you come back with that double header with a little bit of energy, a little bit of life, some confidence, and you're ready to roll. Now, if you do that, though, and it backfires and you don't win... Uh, you could be setting yourself up to watch your demise right there on the spot. I mean, it'd be tough to come back from that if they drop that game, let's say, if Crab throws in game one. 
I'd say so be it if that happens. Uh, you don't worry yeah. about tomorrow when you have today to be concerned about, and you just try to get that first game, and then you don't have any regrets. If you end up losing, you say, well, we still, I think, would back up the decision. I don't necessarily disagree, and, and, and I agree with the logic of putting it in your best pitcher, your best player's hands, and saying, you're our guy. You've been here for a long time. Go get us a win. This is your spot. So we'll see if that's what they end up doing. What are the keys for Morris in your mind we mentioned their bats have been really good. They've beaten some really good teams. What do they need to do against Northwestern? What's an area they could exploit, maybe, if you look at this matchup? Yeah, I mean, you've had to like what you've gotten up and down the lineup from multiple guys throughout the past chunk of games that we've looked at. But an overarching team theme, Wyatt, only thing I'd say for Morris is be right there after six innings. Yeah. Go into those last three innings, be at least within a few runs, and say, we've been here before. What'd you call them? The cardiac cats? Because a cougar is a type of cat, you know. Like I should have. I actually said the cardiac kids. I should have said cat, okay. though. So now you're making me feel bad about myself. No, but you're, you're it's good. a good it's a good metaphor because yes, they know how to win late in games. They've been doing it all season. Yeah, and on the other side, I mean, you know, sorry to put it bluntly, but it's the reality. Northwestern hasn't been great. I mean, even the games where they beat Crown. Those ball games were not tight down the stretch, and they don't have to apologize for you know pulling away and not feeling you know a ton of sweat and going on down the stretch in those two wins against Crown a few Saturdays ago. But those are their two biggest wins, and they weren't tight at all down the stretch. I mean, one of them finished early and was the run rule and finished before they played the whole ball game. So they haven't proven against a high quality opponent we're winning a ball game late when it's tight. And I mean, in a game that a lot more runs were scored in that, you know, weird third game on the Monday against Superior a few weekends ago wide in that slugfest, that one was tight late and the Eagles couldn't come up with the goods down the stretch. So if I'm Morris, I'm just saying, even if we see a quote unquote disadvantage with the guy that we're putting up against Bryce, if the Eagles do elect to throw crab in game one, you know, let's say it's five to three after six and we can find a way to not allow, you know, that'd be ideal too. don't allow Bryce to, you know, be pitching and on a good pitch count going into the seventh or eighth. And at the very least, if he's coming back out there for the seventh, say, all right, he's going to be close to being done where he doesn't have a lot left in him. We like our chances and we'll see what happens from there. So, yeah, I mean, the question I want to ask you, since you've had so many great questions, Wyatt, and we talked about this a little bit before hopping on the mic. How many games do the Eagles need to win in this series against Morris this weekend if they want to be in the conversation and at least ringing the doorbell to get back into the home to be in that conversation for the UMAC Conference Tournament? Do they need a sweep? Or will two games suffice to still be in it? What does Northwestern need to do? There's enough games left on the schedule that technically two games keeps them in it, in my opinion. And remember, they've played all the top teams already, so the schedule gets easier in the back half. That's one thing you got to keep in mind with Northwestern. They got to have a tiebreaker over somebody at some point, Ryan. They got to get at least two, so the uh, so that in the event of a tie, they at least have that over Morris. Let's say otherwise, they drop these two. I don't think one they can make up the games, but let's say they even do, they don't have the tiebreaker over anybody right now. So they got to have at least well, two. Well, Crown, don't they have it over Crown? Oh, you're right. They did, didn't they? I keep forgetting that they took those two games from Crown. I, I don't know why, because um, you just mentioned it, and they killed them in both those games. I guess I, I was thinking about the first game I saw in person and watching Crown you know, dismantle them. I thought for some reason maybe they won that series. But you are correct. Even with that being said, though, I think Morris is more likely to be around that four spot when it's all said and done. 
and Northwestern's going to want to have the tiebreaker over them. So I still think they need to, if they get two, you can't say they're eliminated yet, but let's be honest. There's still a lot of work to be done, even if it's only two. They're going into this saying, I'm sure the coaches are saying, we got to have all three guys. We got to be ready to go, see some life. Let's get it done. But to answer your question, plain and simple, I think it's two. And I think that's what's going to happen. I'm going to take Northwestern to get two games. Is that crazy talk from me? I'm still backing them. I think they'll win these two games out of three, but Morris is probably still more likely to make the conference tournament over Northwestern when it's all said and done. So there's a little bonus for you as well. Yeah, I like it. I mean, before I make my official prediction wide, I'm going to ask you another question. So I'm going to say, you know, you're assuming that they're going to win the Bryce game, correct? And he goes seven plus in that one. Yeah, whenever that may be. Again, we both think it'll be the first one. But regardless, whenever it is, I I think he's still a much better option than anybody Morris has. I mean, Morris has some guys that have done well, but this is Bryce Crabb we're talking about still. And he's had some really good performances over the years. So they get that game, and then they just got to find a way to get one of the other two, at the very least, to keep themselves in the mix. Yeah, and if they do throw him in game number one, Wyatt, I mean, I think it's so, so important. He's got to go at least seven, if not more than yeah. seven, to save some of your bullpen for the rest of the weekend. And also, you're rolling the dice a bit with this Northwestern bullpen after you get past these starters. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's that's the reality. So my, my question was going to be, Wyatt, how do you think they get it done in the other game then? Does it take something, you know, like what Aaron Severson was able to do against Crown where he pitched, you know, darn near a complete game or, you know, let's say at the very least he goes, you know, six and two thirds, seven innings, maybe eight innings, and you don't have to have a lot out of your bullpen and you do enough. How do you see the other game being one for Northwestern? I would say in a perfect world for Northwestern, Crab either goes a complete game or you win that game without having to use Nick Drinken out of the bullpen. And then you put yourself in a position in one of the other two where Severson or Szymanski, assuming those are the two that will start, has a good start, has a good outing, you get ahead, you can bring Drinken in in that spot and then win that game. You know what I mean? So I think that'll be the key. Like you said, it's not just winning the games, but Crab and these starters, they just they have to go deep into ball games because there's just not the depth out of the bullpen. So... Yeah, I, I think that's the key. Get Crab to pitch well, have a win in that first game. If he doesn't go a complete game, that's fine, but don't use up a guy like Nick Drinken. Have him come back in one of the other two games in relief, get that one as well. That's kind of how I see it playing out if they're to win two games in this series. Yeah, it's a lot more interesting going down the stretch wide if Northwestern wins two or three this weekend. Because if they don't, it's, I mean, you it's, talk about- it's over. Yeah, you, you talk about separation Saturday, separation Sunday that we're going to see across the league this year. Do Can we sign, seal, deliver, lock in the four, and then just say it's for seeding at this point for the last chunk of well, weekends? I mean, if Northwestern only gets one or gets swept, are, are we locking in? I mean, I know Northland is still right there. Yeah, too, I was just saying, come mention, on, but, come on. Don't yeah. disrespect the Lumberjacks. <laughs> However, yeah. we yep. both have them getting swept, and if that were to happen, then yes, I think you can make a case for the four teams. So we'll see how their series goes against Bethany, but... I'd be ready to eliminate Northwestern if they don't win this series. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's valid because then you're, you're staring, you know, nine losses in UMAC play, and it's going to be tough with tiebreakers and everything, like you mentioned, to try to get in. So, yeah, this is huge. I think this is going to be ultra fascinating, and Lord willing, I'll see at least one, maybe two games of this series this weekend. I'm going to say Morris is going to win it, though. And I go back to what they've been able to do this past week. And not only 
wins against Superior and Crown Wyatt, but specifically look at what they did to Ryan Rodriguez and Aiden Volkspecht. I mean, you know, we can get into semantics and comparing Bryce Crabb to those two guys, but you could say those are the top three pitchers in the UMAC. Put them in some order. I think we both would agree it's Ryan Rodriguez is number one, and then you go from there. Connor Merton and Gavin Jacobson would like to have a word with you as well as being in that conversation. I don't want to forget them. But, you know, those are some of the top arms, and those are for sure the number one arms for Crown and Superior, top five, top six pitchers in this league. And Morris's offense was up to the task, and they were able to knock them out of the game. If they do the same thing against Bryce, it's Harry for Northwestern. And at the very least, I think it's going to be tough for a guy like Aaron Severson to go deep against this offense, especially when it's not comfortable out there. I mean, I don't want to look too much into the weather, Wyatt, but he was really comfortable and it was a gorgeous day against Crown. It's not going to be the same thing if he's pitching on Sunday. And I know the other team has to deal with the same thing. Don't get me wrong, but it's just the bullpen. I cannot get out of my mind for Northwestern. If it's not Nick Drinkin, it's tough. And I think it's going to be really hard for the Eagles in a game that Bryce Crabb isn't pitching to really pull away from Morris and be in a spot where you do go to your bullpen, you got a nice cushion for them. Because if they don't, it's tough for me to see them being in a good spot down the stretch. They're going to need a lot of runs. The offense is going to have to step up big time this weekend. This could go the other way. I'd be pretty surprised if it's a sweep either way. But I'm going to take Morris two out of three because I've been so impressed what they have done against top-level pitching as of late. And maybe that's a recency bias, but I'm going to differ from you. I obviously wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles are able to take two. I agree that they need two, and I'm going to say it. I think for them at the end of the day, Wyatt, to be in the UMAC tournament, I think this may have to be a sweep. So yeah, I, we'll, we'll I, find out eventually. But I don't necessarily disagree with that. Again, I just from a technicality standpoint, I think if they get two, they'd still be in it. But like I said, I still think Morris gets in at the end of the year, even if Northwestern does win the series two games to one. So I think you're going into it. You're saying to your guys, if you're that coaching staff, we need all three. If you're the Eagles, and you got to show us something right now. I just and that's part of the reason I'm taking Northwestern too. Is they're a desperate team. And they haven't played their best ball yet, but it's Coach Dave Heeb's last year. They have won the regular season the last two years. I just can't imagine saying Northwestern's eliminated this early in conference play. I just I, I think they'll find a way to get two of these games and keep a little bit of hope as we head down the back half. Yeah, and for people who follow this league-wide, I mean, I'll, I'll just say it again. I mean, you're, you're kind of hoping they get at least two to make it more compelling, just, you know, from a pure standpoint of there's more at stake for matchups, you know, down the stretch once we flip the page to next month before the UMAC Conference Tournament. Because if they don't, I mean, it, it could become a lot less compelling. And again, I don't want to forget about Northland. But it, it's going to be a lot different than, than past years as far as jacking for a position down the stretch and trying to be in that spot to be at the place that everyone wants to be in Mankato next month so we're all done with all four series we said three sweeps and then uh we you know saved northwestern and morris for last because we uh expect that one to not be a sweep be a lot more compelling is there anything else that you want to uh get to in this monumental episode and conversation wide anything else that uh needs to be said happy 100 once again and go wild Go Timberwolves, yes. even though Ryan doesn't watch the yeah. Timberwolves at all. I don't watch them either. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm the watching deal. the Wild. but They'll, they'll be on the other screen because uh, my brother is more invested in that than I am. So I'll be, you know, 
looking at it every now and again, but invested fully in hockey much more so. So I'm looking forward to UMAC basketball coming back, White. I mean, the hey, officiating in NBA playoffs is like a 2.7, and the UMAC sometimes it's not great, but it's always at least a 6.7. The officiating in some NBA playoff games is mind-boggling just how bad it is. All the stars I mean, have the referees in their back pocket and just carry them around the floor like a puppet. I, that is how the game operates. That's just the NBA, Ryan. It's not Amen. the NBA playoffs. It's, it's hey, the but NBA. it's magnified. It's magnified in the biggest moments, and it's it's just hard to watch. There's no flow. Games are always bogged down. Officials are getting complaints from players and coaches left and right, and then they press the buzzer for these challenges, and we're reviewing, you know, charge calls and blocks, and it's like, what, what has happened? What, what is going on? This, this used to be a good product and like actually entertaining, and you know, people who really enjoy watching basketball would say this is good stuff in the playoffs. It's, it's, it's awful. What are we, what are we doing? We're gonna end it. We're gonna end this right now <laughs> before we get on any more of a tangent or a rant. We're leaving it there. We both agree playoff hockey is better than playoff basketball. We can we can get on board yep. with that. So yep. very good. Again, like I had mentioned earlier, if you got anything for us, we are more than happy to connect with you and hear your questions, comments, concerns, gripes, whatever it may be. UAO, the UMAC at gmail.com is our email. Please send us your uh, thoughts. Uh, if you have any information, we take it. Also, on Twitter, unlike any other the UMAC, you can DM us there. You can uh, follow us for some content. We'll post all the links to the episodes on there. And uh, it's going to be an exciting couple of weeks as we get ready for that conference tournament to officially begin. And the next time we hop on, we very well could have a clear picture of who's going to be competing in that conference tournament. So a couple big series that are going to unfold this upcoming weekend. Until then, though, have yourself a great night, great day, whenever you're listening. This has been the 100th edition of Unlike Any Other, the UMAC Podcast.